Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 2. Hello, boys and girls. It's Eric Erickson here. We have some breaking news I have to deal with out of the gate. I will take your phone calls at 877-973-7425, but this is rather significant. Um, The Department of Justice, Merrick Garland, is holding a press conference at 1.30 p.m. today. Uh, about a national security threat of a malign influence scheme and criminal activity by a nation-state actor inside the United States. There is credible and informed speculation based on reporting from last week that the United States is about to ban TikTok. We don't know that that's true until we actually hear the story at 1.30. I'm keeping my eyes open on this. I will go to whatever is left of the briefing after our commercial break at the bottom of the hour because this is a significant, significant story. Here's what we know from last week. And my apologies to those of you who want to talk about campaigns. This is actually breaking serious news, and we'll get back to the flow of things after we deal with this, and we'll go to the attorney general at the bottom of the hour here. Um, Last week, there was a report that came out. I had so much other stuff to talk about, I never got to it. But a report came out in, I think, Bloomberg or CNBC that said uh, whistleblowers said TikTok was being used. Keep in mind, so uh, what is it, ByteDance or whatever, their parent company is a Chinese company that is run by the communist Chinese army. And that... TikTok was being used to track people of influence inside the United States, that it was essentially being used to monitor their locations and provide feedback. Last week, Joe Biden met with a trans personality to discuss trans issues, deeply meaningful, undoubtedly, to campaign 2022. That trans person used TikTok inside the White House. And there are serious national security issues that TikTok is being used by the Chinese government, uh, that the microphones are being used, that uh, signal surveillance is being conducted through the app, that individuals might be being blackmailed or the possibility of blackmail based on what they're looking at in TikTok. If, for example, uh, you're married and straight and you're looking at uh uh, gay stuff on TikTok, will that be used to influence you and be used to pressure you by the Chinese? If you are married and you're looking at uh, scantily clad women on TikTok, will that be used against you? These sorts of things designed to undermine uh, Americans. Uh, they're looking at public servants and celebrities. These are all, all in the reporting over the last week or so. And now suddenly Merrick Garland today Having this, the credible speculation from members of the media is that this is about TikTok and that this is the government moving in to restrict or ban TikTok. We will find out at the bottom of this hour exactly what's going on. I am monitoring the story. I have my news monitor flow up, so we'll be able to go to Merrick Garland when this happens. We're going to want to pay attention to this. Now, all of that being said, I got some folks on uh, the phones, and I want to do justice to them and go on and start taking phone calls here because of the breaking news that's coming, and they're relevant to the stuff I wanted to talk about. So let me start first with Jim. You're going to be up first, Jim. Welcome to The Eric Erickson Show. Well, thank you. Tell me, I'm trying to guard against my own confirmation bias and believing what I want to believe, but has the Walker campaign successfully made the argument that 
his ad of the crying Mrs. Warnock is far worse than really the, I think, the sympathetic interview that his ex-wife and he had on Nightline talking about his dangerous mental health issues that at the time were not getting addressed and were very, almost proved deadly. I, I don't Does know that, that there's been a, a saturation enough of the ad for people to really catch on, but what there has been is a closing of the polls where independent voters are swinging pretty decisively towards Walker. Um, yeah, Landmark Communications has a more recent poll out that has a tie. Insider Advantage has Warnock up two. The Democratic polling firm Data Progress has Warnock up one. Trafalgar Group, the Republican firm, has Warnock up one. In the polling, Warnock is now up one in the polling average. Uh, he had been up as high as four or five points, 4.5 points back in July. Uh, just last week, he was up 2.4 points. The polling average now has him up one with Walker surging. That's a pretty good indicator that regardless of the attacks, independent voters are moving at the end of the race towards Walker. We will have a good sense here in another couple of days whether the early voting trends for the GOP uh, predict a Walker outright win or at least a runoff. I don't know any Republicans now who think that Warnock is going to win outright, which is an encouraging sign for him. Andrew, going to go to you next. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show, Andrew. Thanks for taking my call, Eric. Frequent caller, proud, moderate, conservative. Um, you have been talking, and very appropriately, to, to build enthusiasm about all the the Republican turnout. 100% plus more than 2020 in various counties. I just hate, would hate to be misled, or I should say false hope, I mean, so to be fair and to not and to help make sure that we continue to get out and vote. I mean, do you have any data on the Democratic side that would suggest they're up 100 percent in their turnouts? Yes. Um, Yeah, yeah. that's actually a a really good question here. And, you know, the, the angriest emails I get these days from people are you're so optimistic, tone it down, people are going to stay home and think it's in the bag. Uh, I get that a lot from people. Um, I will tell you the trends that I'm seeing around the country are that Democratic turnout in many parts of the country is down from 2020, and Republican turnout in early voting is up from 2020. So, for example, here in Georgia, Republican turnout is at parity with Democrats, and normally they are behind. It's not that Democrats are turning out and Republicans are turning out in massive waves. It's that Republicans are turning out so much they're at parity with Democrats. Now, the same holds true in Florida. Republican early voting turnout in Florida is pretty significant. In fact, um, let me read you this. This dropped in the Wall Street Journal this morning. Pollsters this year are taking a range of steps to try to improve the accuracy of their surveys after significantly understating support for Donald Trump and other GOP candidates in the past two presidential elections. Strategists and pollsters in both parties are worried about whether the steps will work. When Tom Bonnier said poll sees polls showing the Senate race in Ohio tied, his first reaction is skepticism. After all, President Biden's eight-point loss in Ohio two years ago was bigger than polls suggested. Mr. Bonnier, a longtime Democratic strategist and data expert, assumes pollsters are overstating Democratic support again. Mr. Bonnier, 
also has a second reaction. Maybe this time the polls have corrected for past mistakes and are detecting a true surge in support for his party. I think everyone feels somewhat burned and gun-shy because of the polling misses in 2016 and 2020. One problem for pollsters as they try to improve their accuracy is that they haven't settled on the root cause of the errors that left many Americans surprised by Mr. Trump's victory in 2016 and his closer-than-expected finish in 2020, which the Professional Association of Public Opinion Researchers determined was the biggest polling miss in 40 years. Many pollsters and researchers say that a certain type of Republican is declining to take their surveys, the voters most committed to, back, committed to backing Mr. Trump and his style of politics. Others say these voters are, in fact, answering surveys and are president pollsters' data, but that outdated assumptions about the composition of the nation's electorate means that they're underrepresented in the surveys. Pollsters are experimenting with ways to address it. The bottom line is that the consensus among pollsters right now is that Republicans are being undercounted and Democrats are being overcounted. And if that is the case, there's going to be a bigger Republican wave than people have been expecting. In fact, Axios is reporting today that the red tsunami is back on. Polling, spending trends, and conversations with leading Democratic and Republican strategists suggest it's now very possible Republicans win the majority on November 8th with more than 20 House seats, once the upper range of analyst projections. Two weeks out from the midterms, evidence points to a re-emerging red wave that could sweep the GOP into control of both chambers. In the Senate, Republican officials are now bullish they'll gain at least the one seat necessary to regain the majority and could gain three seats. The national political environment shapes the trajectory of all the battleground races, meaning a big enough wave could touch some of the bluest districts. There's an outside chance it sweeps in flawed Republican Senate nominees in Georgia and Arizona, despite their underwhelming campaigns. The big issue here is inflation. Abortion peaked as a motivating factor to give Democrats momentum. Gas prices have rebounded. That puts more wind in the Republican sails. A Monmouth University poll found 63% of respondents wish Biden would give more attention to issues that matter to your family, including 36% of Democrats. The latest public polling shows Republicans pulling ahead of the generic ballot. The Monmouth survey shows the GOP with a six-point advantage among registered voters, and Republicans are extremely motivated to vote more than Democrats. Pennsylvania Senate now finds the race with Fetterman and Oz tied. Dave Wasserman of the Cook Political Report shows that the House Democrats' chief campaign strategist, Sean Patrick Maloney of New York, and progressive star Katie Porter in California, two prominent Democrats, both in double-digit Biden districts, are now in toss-up races. And Biden is not holding a single campaign event. Do you know what Joe Biden is doing? Joe Biden is being interviewed by a trans reporter at the White House for Now This News about transgenderism in kids. The problem for Joe Biden is this soundbite. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender-affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that. As a moral question and as a legal question. I just think it's wrong. That doesn't play well in the swing states plays very well in progressive areas of the country.
but it doesn't play well in the swing states. Here's CBS Face the Nation with Nancy Pelosi. You've heard our CBS estimates have the Republicans taking the House with 224 seats. How do you shift the momentum? Well, let's just say, uh, first and foremost, good morning. Uh, It's Sunday morning, uh, 15 days or so before the election. Vote people are already voting. (laughs) She did not. You will note, go on to answer the question on how you shift momentum. She was pushed and she couldn't couldn't change things. Um, so back to Andrew's question, um, a, a, what are the Democrats doing? And this is it. Uh, Democratic enthusiasm is less than Republican enthusiasm. If you look at the benchmarks of Democratic ballots, now how do we know Democratic ballots? People who voted in Democratic primaries and returned to vote in the general election. We know what they were in 2020. We know what they are in 2022, and they're actually down Republicans, however, are up. Those are good signs of Republican momentum. It's not a coincidence that the narratives of 2022 are shifting as we get turnout data. The turnout data being mapped and mirrored to the polling shows Republicans are more enthusiastic. Now, again, you still got to turn out and vote. You still got to cast your ballot. If you don't, then that gives the other side an advantage. But just based on the real-world data of who is showing up at polls, Democrats should be outpacing Republicans in Georgia and Florida, in Pennsylvania, in Arizona, in early voting right now, and they're not. And that's why you suddenly have talk of Republicans possibly winning Arizona and Georgia when so many people presume they couldn't. It has to do with the polling coupled with who is turning out early voting, and the Republican turnout in early voting— is going far better than the Democrats or the media expected to happen. Let's pause and just talk about what's going on in the country for a moment. We got sky-high inflation. We got runaway government spending. Trust in Washington is completely eroded. When government is this dysfunctional, you got to change the course of the country. You know you have to. That's why I'm excited about the work Americans for Prosperity is doing. They're focused on policy solutions that actually improve people's lives, unlike so many in D.C., who just want to play political football and have power. Americas for Prosperity doesn't just come up with solutions. They act on those solutions. They have the largest network of community activists in the country. They are out there every day talking to millions of their fellow Americans. If you're interested in seeing how you can get started with Americans for Prosperity in your community, visit americansforprosperity.org slash Eric today. That's americansforprosperity.org slash Eric, E-R-I-C-K. You know, one of the most hilarious things to me is watching MSNBC doing voter roundtable discussions. Let's eavesdrop in on this discussion real quick here at MSNBC, if we can. Um, I'm just going up against another side. Now we really look at it almost as warfare, and that was kind of the language that you're hearing the political matchups described it. And I don't have any good answers about how we actually come together again, but at least we need to talk to each other and listen to each other. There's a conversation happening on MSNBC. They've been doing voter roundtables on MSNBC. It's going very badly for the Democrats. Turns out all the things Republicans said voters cared about, turns out they were right. 
crime, the economy, the border. If you separate out inflation as a standalone issue, that issue matters greatly to voters. And the Democrats don't seem to have an answer for it. And they're starting to freak out. Why is all of this happening? Now, here again, this I, I, I'm not trying to be a vote, uh, broken record here, but you really do have to understand there's a flow to campaigns and to waves. I actually – we've got this breaking news with the attorney general and the FBI director about to, um, uh, about to speak, and I want to – I want to cover that when we come back because it's going to be big news, allegedly. But I do want to spend some time on the ebb and flow of, of this when we have have t- a chance. But the, the, the issue here, the important issue here, is that we're starting now to see voters turn out of the polls. And so we can cross-reference ideas. We can cross-reference the where people are and how they're voting and their turnout. We can do all of these things. And we're seeing the patterns, we're seeing the rhythms, we're seeing the movement. And the pattern and the rhythm and the movement is towards the GOP and who is turning out. The pattern and the rhythm and the movement is towards an increased Republican turnout in early voting and a decreased Democratic turnout in early voting. So we get to these things, we see these things, and that's why the media narrative begins to change. The media always, with the exception of Fox News, takes the Democratic line and gives sympathy to the Democratic partisan talking point until the data comes in. Well, the media needs you to be convinced that they're not in on the act for the Democrats. And as a result, when the data begins to shift rapidly in the in the Republicans' direction at the end, you see the media narrative rapidly shift as well. And we get to the truth of the matter. And the truth of the matter is that this is a Republican way building. And what we do not see and what the polling should be able to detect is a reciprocal Democratic wave to neutralize it. And even in 2020, we saw the Republican wave beginning to build in the polling. We're seeing this time the Republican wave. We're not seeing the corresponding Democratic wave, which is why the media is suddenly going after Stacey Abrams, trying to find the bad guys, trying to find someone to blame. It looks like nationally, the national media, Politico, the New York Times, the national media is setting Abrams up to be a fall guy for the Democrats nationally. Now, I don't want to set you up to be a fall guy with your family when they ask what's for dinner. You need an easy answer, and Omaha Steaks makes it easy. What you can do is go to omahasteaks.com, put Eric in the search bar, get the fall favorites, and take advantage of their 50% off sale site-wide. It's the semi-annual sale. You can get the fall favorites. You're going to save 54%, get it delivered to your door. But what's more is it doesn't really matter what you get at Omaha Steaks. If you put Eric in as a promo code at checkout, you're going to save 30 more dollars. Why? Because it's the semi-annual sale. They want you to go to Omaha Steaks. They want you to find what you want, get it delivered, enjoy it, and save 30 extra dollars by putting Eric in as your promo code at checkout. It's the semi-annual sale. You can find ready-made meals, ready-made sides, ready-made desserts. Make it easy on your family. Before the kids even ask what's for dinner, it'll be coming out of the oven. You can throw the steaks on the grill. They've got unbelievable foods, ready-made meals, ready-made sides, ready-made desserts. They make meal prep easy for you. It's omahasteaks.com. You put Eric in the search bar for the fall favorites or Eric in as your promo code for $30 off extra shipping at checkout. When you're ready to hop into a soft, cozy bed, your sheets make a big difference. Bowl and Branch sheets use only the best 100% organic cotton threads on earth for superior softness, 
that only gets more luxurious with every wash. I know because I sleep in bowl and branch sheets. And let me tell you, you know, they start off like your standard bed sheet and you're thinking, what's the big deal? Well, wash them. You see the difference. Wash them again. You feel the difference more and more. They get softer over time and they've got the perfect weight. They've got that weight in the summertime where you feel like substantively there's something on you, but yet you're not sweating to death. And in the wintertime, it's just the perfect snug fit for the bowl and branch sheets. They focus on thread quality, not quantity, although the quality and the quantity both are fantastic. Now, they got over 25,000 rave customer reviews made from the highest quality threads you can get. Bowl and Branch Signature Sheets come in nine colors. They fit all mattress sizes. You will feel the difference. And again, you got a 30-night risk-free trial with free shipping and returns. What do you have to lose? Try them. Keep washing them. They get softer and softer. Go to Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com. Use promo code ERIC. You'll get 20% off your first set of sheets and free shipping with the promo code ERIC, my name, at bowlandbranch.com. Again, B-O-L-L-A-N-D branch.com, the promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K. Hello and welcome. It is Eric Erickson here nationwide from my flagship station at WSB in Atlanta today. We are waiting on the Attorney General, and you're going to want to listen to this. Uh, There's a national security story that is developing. The Washington Post is starting to break parts of it. Uh, The U.S. on Monday unveiled charges accusing two Chinese intelligence officers of attempting to subvert a criminal investigation into a Chinese telecom giant alleging that two men working on behalf of Beijing sought to obtain prosecution secrets by bribing a person they did not realize was a U.S. double agent. The details in the complaint closely track a prior case filed against Huawei. U.S. Department of Justice indicted Huawei Technologies in 2019, accusing the world's largest communications equipment manufacturer and some of its executives of violating U.S. sanctions. The new charges suggest the Chinese government went to great lengths to try to defeat the U.S. case on the China-based global telecommunications company, assigning alleged Chinese intelligence officers to obtain information about witnesses and evidence. Huawei has long insisted it operates independently of the Chinese government. The 29-page complaint unsealed Monday against the two Chinese men, uh, Gu Chunhe and Zheng Wang, Charges they attempted to recruit a person they believed was a U.S. law enforcement agency employee who could act as a spy on the ongoing investigation. In fact, according to the charging document, the employee was monitored and steered by the FBI, sharing the conversations and helping U.S. prosecutors build a case against the two men. Now, we presume that the Department of Justice, the press conference they're about to have about an espionage uh, situation in the United States orchestrated by a nation state. Strong language there. You need to understand the implications of when the U.S. Justice Department says espionage by a nation state, they mean China, Russia, something else. It's not some other entity here. Now, there have been rumors related to this that this would also directly involve TikTok. We do not have that confirmation here. But what is significant about it is that the last week a report came out that TikTok, the social media website, was itself 
involved in collecting data behind the scenes to spy on American public officials and celebrities to find their locations, to find what they were downloading, to find compromising information. Parents, listen to me here. I know this sounds like esoteric nation state stuff, but the Chinese are using TikTok to influence your children and collect data on your children. And more importantly, listen to me on this. This is not an exaggeration. This is important. If your child uses TikTok, is adopted, and is of Chinese descent, the Chinese are building a surveillance file in particular on your child. I have a friend who has two adopted children from China. The Chinese require that every year a written report be submitted until they are 18 years old on what the parents are teaching the children, how the children are doing, and the like. And as, as you have to do this, because otherwise the agency through which they adopted kids will not be allowed to adopt Chinese kids. And so the parents have willingly complied. This past year, the Chinese have changed the rules. And now it's no longer an update. And by the way, I think it's every five years, uh, an update every five years. Now it's every year the parents must provide a video statement showing the child and the child's mannerisms and the child's face. Why? Because the Chinese want to build a facial recognition database on all Chinese nationals. And the Chinese have changed their doctrines and laws on adoption. And now if you adopt a child from China, that child is continuously considered a Chinese national. And more than one American family has gone to China with their children so that their children could experience their homeland. And the children have not been allowed to leave China. That's right. Your adopted child from China goes back to China and the Chinese will not allow the child to leave China once they're there, and they're building a facial recognition database. We know from American intelligence one of the things that's happening is that the Chinese are using or entities like TikTok, social media apps like TikTok, to build information databases on American children and citizens, and they are using the algorithm to corrupt your children and turn your children. It's not a, it is not a coincidence that the Chinese social media giant TikTok is being used by the left in this country to try to push transgenderism and other ideas on American kids. The Chinese are deeply, explicitly cooperating in doing that to corrupt the American youth, to disaffect the American youth against the American government. It is a propaganda surveillance app by the Chinese. We don't know today that TikTok is going to be explicitly implicated by the attorney general. NBC News and CNN are both reporting that TikTok is on the radar of this administration. This administration had largely dismissed the concerns about TikTok because it was the Trump administration that made a big deal about them. The Trump administration tried to force a sale of TikTok from its parent company that is controlled by the Communist Chinese Army. They were unsuccessful in doing that before the Trump administration left office, and the new administration has not pursued the issue. There are rumblings within the Department of Justice and the FBI that they may now pursue the issue 
because the data from Huawei indicates a significant Chinese infiltration effort within the United States to use Chinese social media software and hardware to collect intelligence data on the United States. So, for instance, the Chinese have been buying farmland in the United States very near American military installations. They are erecting towers on the that farmland that the Americans presume now to be surveillance of American military facilities. We have been allowing them to do this. We haven't taken the issue seriously. And now it appears the Biden administration is taking it seriously. We await the attorney general and the FBI director who will be holding a press conference momentarily. We assume now it's more about the Huawei situation than about the TikTok situation. Both me at play, uh, both we are at play. We're getting the flag correction and the two-minute warning here as I watch the monitor for the attorney general to come out. We will see what he does. And maybe it's off kilter, but this is going to be big international news. Now, while we're waiting on that, we got people who I want to take their phone calls um, and and go on to some callers here while we are waiting for this. Sean, I want to go to you up next. Welcome to the show, Sean. How are you? Hey, I'm doing great, Eric. Thank you so much, as always, for like digging in. And I so miss Rush, but uh, you're doing a great job Thank in, you. Uh, in his wake. Um, so uh, for, first thing, conspiracy theories now should be called spoiler alerts. I remember Donald Trump talking about his concerns about Huawei years ago, yeah. TikTok years ago. And I fear and think that potentially this is an October surprise because there's not much left to focus on and you don't want to – shift horses or switch horses in the middle you know, of a ride or shift a president in the middle of a battle. So that's one thought. And then uh, just scares me that, uh, you know, we always um, look back and prepare to fight the last war. We're in a cyber and AI digital war right now. Mm-hmm. And so just wanted to give you those thoughts. Look, uh, sure Sean, I appreciate it very much. I think uh, the last point you make is one that a lot of Americans don't appreciate because it's out of sight, out of mind. The Chinese are using all of the tools possible to defeat the United States. Uh, So American and Western warfare tends to come from the history of the Peloponnesian War, tends to come from studies of early democratic warfare of the Greek nation states or the Greek city states. And that tends to be how we fight. Large manpower flooding the zone and conquering. The Chinese are students of Sun Tzu. And Sun Tzu's idea of fighting warfare comes down to a very simple statement. All warfare is deception. That's the Chinese philosophy in fighting. All warfare is deception. And the Chinese have been using the Chinese economy to fight us. We have offloaded our chips to be manufactured in China. We've offloaded our medical supplies to be manufactured in China. We've offloaded our antibiotics and generic medicines to be manufactured in China. And that, my friends, is coming to bite us. The Chinese are going to use that against us. And both parties have to recognize the threat, and I'm not sure they actually do. Lewis, you're going to be the next caller. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. Lewis, how are you? 
Hey, Eric, I just want to ask you a question. Uh, I heard this on uh, Martha Bartolomo yesterday about the predecessor of Xi Jinping being escorted off their floor, um, and he had a real fear in his eyes. And I'm kind of wondering, uh, is that guy in harm's way now? And the, the threat of 2027, of uh, they're wanting to attack. Um, it, it would seem that on the Democrat and Republican side, we used to have a common thread uh, where we'd stand national security. And I say that because years ago, Ed Koch broke away from the Democrat Party because Barack Obama would not stand up against Poland and the war that happened there. So we're missing that common thread of true national security. I just want to ask your, your take on this uh, Escorting that guy off the Chinese floor, is that a threat to us, seeing that that happened over there? Yeah, so, okay, so let, let me explain what's happening. Um, I, I, it, by the way, it wasn't war in Poland that Ed Koch broke away um, from the Democratic Party on. I forget what the, the issue was. Um, there wasn't a, a Polish war. But on the Chinese issue, if you haven't seen the video, CNN did a lot of reporting on this. Very compelling. Uh, so by rule in China since Mao, Chinese premiers – can only serve two terms. Xi Jinping has been stacking the deck so that he could serve a third term. Hu Jintao was his mentor. He is elderly and aging out of the Communist Party apparatus. They have a term limit based on age. Hu Jintao was Xi Jinping's mentor, but he raised concerns with Xi Jinping serving a third term. He was sitting next to Xi Jinping at the Communist Party conference and two stewards came and tried to get him to get up, and he wouldn't do it. And so they forcibly removed him from the meeting. He tried to take a paper that was in front of him by Xi Jinping, and Xi Jinping pulled it back from him, and he was disappeared. This appears to be a purging of the old guard. It appears to be a purging as Xi consolidates power. I don't know how it will play out, but it does not look good. Um, there are now reports out of China they may be escalating their invasion of Taiwan to happen sooner rather than later, in large part because of what they perceive to be weakness in the United States. But also, you have to understand that there is a strong nationalist sentiment in China where they believe the Chinese should be more aggressive, members of the, of the Communist Party do in large part to distract the people of China from their own economic woes. And because the Chinese economy is deteriorating, the Chinese may need a military distraction to rally the fervor of the people. Economically, the Chinese are doing worse than us, and there are more and more reports after the supposed rise of China economically that the Chinese may be on the verge of collapsing economically and, and well behind the United States, and they may need the military distraction. This press conference by the attorney general and the FBI director was supposed to happen at 1.30. It is now headed into 1.50. I want to go on and take a commercial timeout because I'd like to hear what they have to say. Before I do that, I need to go back to the midterm focus and tell you one of the groups that's stepping up to help is Patriot Mobile. Patriot Mobile is a cell phone provider, and you ask how they help. Well, they take a portion of their profits, and they can give it to the conservative movement the pro-life movement, the Second Amendment movement, good candidates running for office. All you have to do is move your business to Patriot Mobile. They're Christians, they're conservatives, 
They give you guaranteed great service because they use the same cell towers everybody else uses. So you go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric. You tell them you want to do business with them. They take your existing cell phone number and move it to their platform. And then you use the same cell towers everybody else uses. It's patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Or you can call them 972-PATRIOT, 100% U.S.-based customer service, 972-PATRIOT, patriotmobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Do business with a company that wants your business and shares your values. This other program brought to you by First Liberty, building and loan wherever you are nationwide. They can help your business grow. You need a big loan for your business, $750,000 or more, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com. FirstLibertyGA.com. Tell them I sent you. Let me go back to the phones here. Jim, you're up next. Welcome to the show. Jim, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you doing? Good. What's going on? Hey, I just got a question. Uh, the... I converse back and forth with you sometimes, you know, our little things on uh, with your mailing and stuff. But one of the things that hasn't come up is the reason why we're having to have this election between Warnock and Walker. I mean, why isn't the Georgia Republican leadership being held accountable for primarying uh, Kelly Loeffler in the first place, thus causing the situation that we're in now? And what can be done about it so that they don't keep doing this stupid stuff. Oh, that's a good question. So let me set the stage for everybody else here. Uh, when Johnny Isaacson retired from the Senate early, Brian Kemp appointed Kelly Leffler. It was his right to do it. He appointed a woman to the job, Georgia's first elected female senator. There's actually one there who replaced her husband. But um, So a portion of the Republican base pushed by Donald Trump decided to get uh, my friend Matt, uh, Doug Collins to run in the race, pushed it into a runoff. Collins lost, and then Leffler lost in the runoff. 427,205 Republicans didn't show up, and she lost. Had Collins not challenged Leffler, Leffler would have undoubtedly beaten Warnock, and Warnock would have never gone to the Senate. It's true. The question really is not about Doug Collins, but about those Republicans who pushed him to run. And there has not been a reckoning. Uh, talking to Republicans in Georgia, elected Republicans in Georgia are pretty furious with the chairman of the Republican Party here. I was talking to, well, I, I better not say, um, but really pretty furious about what happened uh, and then you had the chairman of the Republican Party in Georgia, the Republicans believe, tried to find candidates to run against uh, against Brian Kemp and against Brad Raffensperger and against Chris Carr. And pretty much across the board, a slate of candidates, they all lost. And I believe there's going to be hell to pay for the chairman of the Republican Party in Georgia based on the conversations I've had with both elected Republicans and Republicans on the executive committee of the Georgia GOP. There's got to be some accountability, the amount of resources squandered in the primaries. I think that's going to happen, uh, and and that'll rectify the situation to some degree. Now, you should know the two-minute warning has been given for the Department of Justice. The guy just came to the podium to give the two-minute warning, which means when we get in commercial break, the Department of Justice will have a press conference about a Chinese spy operation that has happened in the United States to try to disrupt a criminal prosecution. They are going to directly tie it to China based on the reporting of the Washington Post. They may, according to NBC News, implicate TikTok. We don't know about that. That's the speculation. 
I'll keep my eye on this. When we come back, though, there's something I want to do in addition to taking your phone calls. I want to cover this hearing, but then I want to do something with you. We are 15 days from the midterm election. In the next 15 days, things are going to happen fast and furious. I want to educate you on what to pay attention to, what to ignore, what to focus on, what to learn, and how people get the data that helps them shape their views of the midterms two weeks from tomorrow.